you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. It's Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. Thechrisvossshow.com. Welcome to the big show, my family and friends. We certainly appreciate you guys coming by. As always, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children alike, welcome to the big uh, podcast circus tent in the sky. Uh, as always, refer to show your family, friends, and relatives. Go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Voss, youtube.com, Fortress Chris Voss, linkedin.com, Fortress Chris Voss, all those crazy places like TikTok we are on the web. Uh, so you can see that there. Today we have an amazing multi-book author on the show, and he's got a uh, new book coming out on October 3rd, 2023, we'll be talking about. The book is called Yesteryear. Stephen G. Iowanu is on the show with us today. So he'll be talking about his latest book, and we'll get some plugs in for his other books as well. Uh, he's done uh, quite amazing stuff in his life. He's the author of the novels After Pearl, uh, Yesteryear, Rook, and the short story collection Muscle Cars. He's been awarded an honor certificate from the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators, the Best Short Screenplay Award at the 36-star Denver Film Festival and the 2021 Islands International Book Award for Historical Fiction. He holds an MFA from Queens University of Charlotte and an Emmy from Miami University. He lives and writes in his hometown of Buffalo, New York, the setting and inspiration for much of his work. Welcome to the show, Stephen. How are you? Oh, I'm great. and Thanks for having me today. There you go. Thanks for coming. Uh, Buffalo, New York. That's where my mom was born and raised. So there oh, you go. There you go. Yeah. How do you guys deal with all that snow out there? Holy crap. It's not snowing today. We're good. Oh, well, hopefully <laughs> not today. I don't know. There you go. Uh, so give me a C.coms. Where can people find you on the interwebs, please? Yeah, I can be found at www.sgiwanu.com. That's E-O-A-N-N-O-U.com. And there's a ton of information out there about uh, my books, uh, my biography, um, trailers for the books, all sorts of good stuffs out there. There you go. And how many books have you written then? Three? Is it? Um, there's two that are out, Muscle Cars, uh, the short story collection, and Rook the Knob, my first novel, came out mm -hmm. last year. Uh, Yesteryear comes out this October, mm -hmm. and then After Pearl comes out in 2025. There you go. There you go. So uh, what motivated you want to write this latest book, Yesteryear? Uh, well, surprisingly, it all started in a bar, Chris. Um, somebody told me <laughs> that uh, the guy who wrote The Lone Ranger was from Buffalo, and I didn't believe him. Um, really? Yeah. And so I, of course I Googled it and not only was he from Buffalo, um, he was from my neighborhood. He <laughs> went to high school a few blocks away and wrote the Lone Ranger, um, a few blocks North of me, um, which was kind of interesting. You know, this is in the early 1930s. Uh, but when I found out he sold the, the rights to the Lone Ranger for $10 oh. before the Lone Ranger exploded, I said, well, there's a story there. There's a novel that, that needs to be written about this guy. Yeah, ten dollars. Ten bucks. I grew up watching the and idolizing the Lone Ranger. 
uh and uh when i was a kid man i loved the old black and white and then i think i went to color somewhere in that whole era yeah i remember they um they ran it in syndication uh when i would get home from school and used to watch it 10 bucks yeah but he wasn't a dumb guy <laughs> he wasn't yeah. a bad businessman well, I mean, yeah. um he had he had good intentions um yeah. it, it was the depression and he yeah. had a young family and he mm-hmm. was supporting about a dozen other extended family members who had lost everything during the depression mm-hmm. and he was really contracted to write the lone ranger for a radio station in detroit wxyz and he was getting paid like seven bucks a script and wow. George W. Trendle, who owned that radio station, was a pretty shrewd businessman, and he kind of had a feeling the Ranger was going to take off. And so, he, <laughs> like the Godfather, he made him an offer he couldn't refuse. He said, "Wow, I'll, I'll give you a full time job, uh, more money than he ever made, job security for the Depression, take care of your family, but you got to sell me the rights to the Ranger for ten dollars." Wow. And so, uh, Fran was a good man. Fran Stryker is the uh the man who wrote the road ranger and he was put in that position and he took the deal there you go so do you is there any historical uh is this historical fiction or is it historical in nature or uh, how did you frame it well um it's a little bit of everything it's certainly historical fiction but it's also noir i've got um Ah. uh, some gangsters in there um it's a comic novel it's mm. uh, biogra- biographical fiction. Mm. Um, I threw in a lot of stuff. Uh, there's, so I'm blending genres in this book. There you go. And I'm reading the, 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 uh, the, the description here on it, and it says uh, he must overcome writer's block, defeated, you know, that seems pretty um, challenging, uh, defeated gypsy's curse. Uh, we've all had to do that. Yeah. Um, foil a plot to assassinate FDR. Holy crap. A lot of and, happens in Buffalo, man. <laughs> and recover stolen diamond rings belonging to an alcoholic boxing champion. We do that on Fridays around here. Um, the uh, th- There's a lot going on there, man. I thought there's the writer's block was hard enough. There's a lot of balls in the air with this with this novel. A lot of subplots. Um, but it was a ton of fun to write. Um, and hopefully it's going to be a ton, a ton of fun for the readers. There you go. Balls in the air. That's also what we do around here on Fridays. I don't know what that means. <laughs> it's exercise balls. Folks, don't write me. Um, those ones you get at the gym, you know, the big ones. Um, so there you go. And there's a lot going on there. And so uh, do, you, do you make up, a, it says something about who was that masked man? Do you, do you uh, concoct or do you use historical data on how he came up with the uh, Lone Ranger? Well, not how he came up with it. That's where I come mm. in with, with, with the magical realism. Ah. Um, uh, but it is based in historic facts. Um, and the, you know, Stryker died in the early 60s. And he donated all his papers, to, his, his estate donated all his papers to the University of Buffalo, my alma mater, as oh, well wow. as his. So I was able to go there. There's like 30 cartons of this stuff, uh, old radio scripts, his notes. Really? Uh, telegrams oh yeah it's, it's really cool stuff i mean i had to put on the white gloves and hold the original ranger script in my hand wow. um, so there's a lot of facts about the ranger and striker in dealing with uh, george w trendle the man from wxyz who, who bought the rights mm-hmm. but where the fiction comes in was how he came up with the lone ranger story and mm-hmm. that's where 
the magical elements come in, the boxing champion who lost his diamond rings, the curse, um, all that stuff comes into play. But it's that's all my imagination. There you go. Now, you said that there's kind of some noir to it, and the cover has a picture that kind of you know looks like something on Humphrey Bogart. It's a, a detective officer noir. There's a there's a, a scotch on the rocks or something, and uh, whiskey on the rocks maybe, an old typewriter and some yeah. books and radio. Uh, what, what sort of noir uh, do you have in here? Just that kind of yesteryear noir? Or? Yeah. Um, so there was a for decades. Um, the local mafia head in Buffalo was a man named. Um, Stephen Magniano, and he ran he ran the mob here for decades, and so I put him in the book too. Uh, there you go. <laughs> so I got the gangsters, I got his his crew um, kind of muscling in, um, and I really just wanted to make it a fun book. So I I pulled historic figures who lived in Buffalo, and I made them characters. Um, mm. So the boxing champion is Jimmy Slattery, who was. Um, uh, a light heavyweight champion and he got he was an alcoholic and and his career didn't pan out the way it was supposed to but he was champion he did live here around the same time a striker did i have no idea if they ever crossed paths um but i put him in um same thing with with magdiano i doubt Fran striker you know a, a, a radio script writer ever went up against the mob but I had him in there. And, and hey, hey, FDR was just elected to his first term. Why not have him in there, too, and come to Buffalo for a visit? There you go. I mean, you know, back then everything was kind of a small townish sort of thing. Yeah. Everybody kind of knew everybody. So there you go. And it, it kind of creates a thrilling story, I guess, of, of uh, all these different characters and all the different things they're up to. Well, I hope so. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's there's a caper capers involved. You know, uh, trying to get back these stolen rings. Um, there's a van, man with a very small chin who wants to ass assassinate FDR. Um, Stryker has a writer's block, which is total fiction. Um, Franz Stryker never had writer's block a day in his life. They estimated that in the 1930s he was writing sixty thousand words a week for all the radio Holy scripts. Crap. Yeah, comic books. He was doing it all, comic strips. So that's like a short novel every week he was churning it out. You know, Pulp Fiction stuff, yeah. um, but still. Um, so that he's got to overcome that. So there's a lot going on in the book. But I think it's going to be interesting to the readers is everybody knows all the, the Lone Ranger tropes, right? The mask, mm -hmm. silver bullets, the mm -hmm. horse, silver. Um, Tonto. Tanto, yeah, Kimusabi. So Kimusabi. all that's in in the book. Those tropes and elements are there, but Stryker has writer's block, so he doesn't realize it yet. The readers go, "Oh, <laughs> silver bullets," you know, or "Oh, uh -huh. a big white horse." Stryker's kind of clueless until the end of the novel when he starts putting everything together. So uh -huh. um, I think it's. I think it was. I had a great time writing it. There you go. I think I hear a wagon coming <laughs> two miles away. Well, um, you know, interesting. Um, Tonto wasn't introduced until like the 10th radio script. Oh, really? The 10th episode. Yeah. And they realize this is radio. We have to have him talking to someone else besides his horse. So yeah. come up with a friend. <laughs> that's also what we do around here on Fridays. We talk to a horse. Yeah. Um, yeah that, that's interesting. You know, I, I didn't realize it. Or I didn't think about it off the bat here. But 
yeah, I remember hearing. Uh, I think I, you could get them at the library. You could get these old records back in the day, yeah. and they would play the old radio shows, like uh, Abbott Costello and and uh, some of the old radio shows they used to do. And yeah, it started out on the radio with with uh, with him, huh? It did. It premiered uh, actually here in Buffalo in 1933 on WEBR, uh, which still broadcasts today. Um, wow. Yeah, and Stryker was a script writer for them. And, and as you know, back then at the radio stations, they had full orchestras, their own mm -hmm. acting troupe, uh, their own writers. Um, it was the medium of the day. Mm -hmm. And that's where Stryker was working. He was uh, um, in charge of radio dramas there. There you go. Everyone gather around the radio and listen to them and then listen to FDR go on about, you know, whatever he did, who yeah. went on about. Um, I don't know. And, uh, yeah, there's, I mean, the great radio errors. When I was a kid, we used to get the records from the library and listen to the old replays of, the, yep. of all these shows, you know, uh, Abbott Costello, who's on first, you know, all the, the yeah. radio bits, War of the Worlds from H.G. Wells, um, just, just all that craziness. Yeah, um, I love all that stuff. And, and on, on, um, um, Satellite radio on Sirius. There's a station for radio classics. Uh, really? And that's all they broadcast. Yeah. And they got all those shows. The Shadow. Um, oh, The Shadow. Yeah. Oh, and, I love that show. Yeah, that was a great one. Only and then the they Shadow also, knows. They also, <laughs> they also play like the commercials in between uh -huh. sometimes. And those are hysterical. To like the old-timey commercials? Yeah, yeah. Like from, from the like 30s. They'll, they'll work them in there. If you rub plutonium on you, you can get clean today and glowy skin. Order that's, now. That's right. <laughs> wow, the shadow. We used to listen to shadow. I don't know where we would get it. I think it was still playing on radio. It was uh, and who's that old radio host that used to he used to round up with and that's the rest of the story. Oh, uh, he would uh, set up the ending and be like, "No, after commercial break, we'll bring you the rest of the story." And then I forget the who I that forget was. his name too. Yeah, I'll, I'll someone can write me ten minutes. Somebody can write me for the audience on it. Um, but uh, yeah, the, only the shadow knows. Only the shadow knows. I'm gonna go back and listen to that. I've got a Sirius XM boot up here, so I'm gonna have to go check out the classics. Yeah, but uh, the Lone Ranger, all the different things that he goes into. Um, what would what sort of uh, why did you choose some of the characters in the book, or what, what were some of the character builds that you used on him? Did you study who he was and try and form a character of the main character, um, uh, Fran Stryker, uh, or did you just kind of make it up uh, the way you want it? No, I, and there were some basic elements of his life and his personality that I wanted to include. So, um, you know, first and foremost, you know, he was a uh, a, a dedicated family man, taking in all those family members. Um, he was a prolific writer and workaholic. Um, they used to make him stop typing at his house, stop writing because it was keeping everybody up at night. So his, <laughs> wife, ding, 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 ding. his wife and neighbors gave him like this time slot where he wow. could write at home. And then he'd go to his in-law's house and type over there and drive them crazy. Wow. So, so those elements were, I put in there. Um, the financial pressures I, I put in there, mm -hmm. but the rest, um, his friendships, you know, that was all my imagination, his inner workings of his mind, um, 
but a great book. His son wrote his biography called His Typewriter Grew Spurs, and it's been out of print for <laughs> years. Uh, it's got a great cartoon on the cover, and I tracked it down in a little bookstore in, in Texas. And, there you uh, go. And and that was a lot of information about about his dad that I I probably wouldn't have gotten from anywhere else. There you go. Uh, well, it sounds like it's going to be a really fun book to read. And you're planning on issuing in October. Yeah, the pub dates October third, but mm-hmm. folks can pre-order it now through my website or anywhere they order or buy books. Um, so yeah, we're excited. We're less than three months away now. There you go. Should we get a plug-in for your prior book, Rook? Yeah, Rook came out last year. Um, that's also based on a Buffalo guy. Um, There's a man, theme here going yeah, on. Yeah, you know, if you're familiar with William Kennedy's work, he he uh, wrote the Albany Trilogy, uh, oh. Legs and um, Billy Phelan's Greatest Game and Ironweed, which won the Pulitzer, and, and it was made into a movie with Jack Nicholson. And all those are set in Albany, New York. And I thought that was really cool when I was growing up reading those that he picked his hometown to kind of explore. <clears throat> and that's what I'm trying to do in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. So I came across this story. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I came across this story about a man named El Nussbaum. Mm-hmm. And he lived in Buffalo and grew up in the 50s. In the early 60s, he was married, had his first child. And um, I'm going to cough again, sorry. <clears throat> and he robbed about six banks until his wife and the FBI figured out what he was up to. <laughs> and so Sorry. he's and so he's uh robbing banks and his <laughs> yeah, family doesn't even know he's no, he, he's a small businessman and he tells his wife hey hun i'm going out of town for a couple of days on business and his bob his business was knocking over banks and i just love that um you know and he went to the top of the fbi's most wanted re- list Reader's Digest offered a ten thousand dollars reward for his capture. Holy crap! So he had to he had to go on the run. You know, they found out uh-huh. who he was, and he kept robbing banks because he had this 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 crazy idea. He'd get enough money and come back for his wife and baby girl, and they'd um, they'd escape to South America and start over. Oh, uh, so no spoilers. I won't tell you how it ends. But he does go to prison. (laughs) But while while he's in prison, and this is what really hooked me, while he was in prison, he became a writer, Um, writing pulp fiction. You can't make this up, Chris. You know. Yeah, yeah. uh, Pulp fiction stuff. Alfred Hitchcock magazine, Mike Shane mystery magazine, Ellery Queen, the Penny Award guy behind bars. Mm -hmm. Um, And do you remember uh, Scholastic books? Yeah, yeah. He used to write scholastic books. Serious? So, from yeah, prison? So, yeah. And so you'd bring home a book. <laughs> it, was, it was him and Leavenworth writing them, or just as uh, paroled from Leavenworth. Uh-huh. Um, so he gets out after like 14 years and goes out to California because he wants to work for um, movies and TV. Um, but he's got to stop in Vegas first because he he buried a suitcase full of money in the desert. Really? Uh, <laughs> Unfortunately, they built like a shopping center oh. over it. So either some uh, construction worker went home with a, a big American tourister full of money, or it's still sitting there under sand and concrete today. Oh, um, but he did. He, he went straight. He made uh, a living writing for TV um, until he, he passed away. Uh, I think he was around uh, in his early 60s when he passed away. Uh, but a fascinating guy. Uh, and so I had to write about him, too. <laughs> 
That's like a crazy ass story. Well, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting characters in Buffalo. You got to come visit. Yeah. Well, Vegas grew so much so fast and yeah. still does. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. You're just like, I don't know if that money's there or not. Yeah, his start over money wasn't there. <laughs> uh, what was really interesting though is um, his daughter in the book is just an infant, and uh, I, I got to meet her. Um, really? And I, wow. Yeah, I consider her a friend. She lives a couple hours away in Syracuse, New York, and uh, we've met a few times and exchanged emails. Um, so yeah, that was that was a nice uh, nice surprise that came out of uh, writing this book. There you go, and it got a lot of great reviews on uh, Amazon. People really liked it. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Um, you know, I, it took me thirty years to get my first book published. Um, mm. So anything is gravy to me, Chris. You know, <laughs> there you go. one star review. Yeah, it's better than not being published. You know, so um, true. Yeah, we're not ever having zero stars. You know, that's right. So yeah, uh, Rook was well received, and um, you know, hoping the best for for yesteryear. There you go. And then Muscle Cars 2 in 2015 came out. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about that one. I describe that as a short story collection. I describe it mm -hmm. as um, 17 short stories about men making poor decisions. Um, semi autobiographical Seems like there should be more stories than that. But. Yeah, they had, I had to stop at some point, right? <laughs> um, so, men are known for making crazy stories. Not the best decisions. Um, so most of the stories yeah. are, or I guess all the stories really are set in Buffalo. Even if I don't mention it, if you're from here, you'll recognize places like, uh, Volker's bowling alley, uh, which mm -hmm. also appears in yesteryear and forest lawn cemetery, which also appears in yesteryear. Um, so if you're not, even if I don't mention it, they're all, they're all Buffalo stories. And that was the first book. And like I said, that came out after, after th about 30 years of trying. Um, so uh, I was really happy to see that one in print. There you go. Did they did they demolish the Volkers uh, bowling alley? Uh, that's interesting that you asked that question because it is up for sale. Um, the owners um, don't want to reopen it as a bowling alley, um, and um, they will build to suit is the sign that's out front. Uh, which is a shame because it was a cool bowling alley and it had cool neon signs out front. And um, I used to play softball for them, you know, back in the eighties. Um, you know, it was one of my favorite places. There you go. Oh, when they, when they, out, when, when they, when they outlawed smoking in, in bars and restaurants in New York, uh, you know, about 20 uh -huh. years ago, I'd go to Volker's and they still have ashtrays on the bar. <laughs> you know, it's like the rules that really apply in Volker's. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you got to love it, man. Well, that's too bad. It, you know, some of these old classic places are, you know, they're historic and they're cool. Well, it used to be a speakeasy um, ah, in, in the day. And, and that was that was where, where my imagined Fran Stryker used to hang out. Um, at least in yesteryear in my novel, he, he did. There you go. There you go. Well, everyone can pre-order the book. Uh, anything more you want to pitch on the books we got coming out? You got the next one coming out in 2025. I'm glad you got that planned out. I need to plan my book for 2025. <laughs> well, you know, it took me so long to get here. I got to, you know, write as many books as I can with the time yeah. I got left. <laughs> but yeah, 
after Pearl, I call it my pandemic novel. It uh-huh. has absolutely nothing to do with the pandemic. Um, I, I call it that because I started right when the lockdown started, and mm. I ended it like two years later to the day, which is fast for me. Um, but when you have nowhere to go, <laughs> you know. That's true. Just, so I was alone in a big house with a little one-eyed dog. So I wrote a um, novel about a alcoholic detective um, with a one-eyed dog <laughs> and he he wakes up on the floor of his hotel room because he's the house detective at the hotel lafayette which still stands mm-hmm. and is in existence today mm-hmm. and there's um, two shots have been fired from his gun and mm-hmm. he's been on a five-day bender and doesn't remember firing his gun at all and the police want to talk to him about a missing person so wow. um, that's when the fun starts so that that's comes fr- out in 2025 there you go. That's also Fridays around here. Um, please don't want to talk to him on yeah. a missing body. Um, how come it's being put out to twenty twenty five? Is that what your deal with your publisher? Yeah, we didn't want uh, we didn't want uh, yesteryear and after Pearl competing with each other. Huh. Um, so we we spread it out over a two year period. So there you go. There you go. Well, it'll be in, uh, exciting to see the anticipation for that, and uh, everyone can get their hands on October third, twenty twenty three, of the new book coming out yesteryear. They can pre order now wherever fine books are sold, and of course, Amazon has it as well. Uh, give us your plugs, Stephen, before we go out. Any dot coms you want people to go look you up at? Yeah, dot com, e o a n n o u, or you can go to my publisher, sfwp, which is a lot easier to remember. Uh, dot com, and there you can pre-order the books. There you go. It, it is the one coming out in twenty twenty-five, based in uh, Buffalo, too. Oh yeah, yep, that's my <laughs> turf. That's my turn. with it, baby. I mean, there's a lot of history there. And you know what? Um, There's not a lot of people kind of exploring Buffalo. There's a a wonderful Mm -hmm. crime writer, Lisa Redman, um, who used to be a Buffalo cop. um, And she's retired now. And and she writes, she's on South Buffalo, and she writes criminal procedures um, uh, novels. But there's not a lot of people kind of mining this, this, Mm -hmm. this turf. Um, so I'm claiming it. There you go. Didn't Buffalo Wings get created in Buffalo? At the Anchor Bar, yep, on Main Street. Yeah, they did. Dude, that's a book right there. I'm getting hungry thinking about <laughs> that book. Yeah. And you guys do uh blue cheese and not ranch. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, I learned that. The I learned the hard way. And somebody yeah, somebody was uh, telling me they're like, Hey, you don't you don't eat ranch with wings and i'm like i don't know this is what they always give me and they're like nah man and buffalo <laughs> buffalo new york man it's no, blue it's, cheese. yeah it's like a religion yeah i was like wow yeah i was i was i was being uh i was breaking the code of the religion i was being <laughs> i don't know whatever you call it i mean they'll serve it to you but they just won't think much of you if you yeah you they'll They'll just be like, give him the bad, give him the bad chicken from the back. Um, so this has been really fun, Stephen, to have you on. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. I had a blast. There you go. And everyone, uh, go to goodreads.com for Chess Chris Foss. You can see everything in the blog, of course, in the podcast posts up there as well. Go to youtube.com for Chess Chris Foss, linkedin.com for Chess Chris Foss, uh, all the crazy places on the internet we are at, TikTok, et cetera, et cetera. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe, and we'll see you guys next time. And that should have us out, man.